My name is Michael Labenek. I'm a software development manager for AWS Amplify Libraries. And we're going to be talking about machine learning for mobile and progressive web apps. My name is Nikki. I'm a software engineer on the Amplify iOS team. Um, and I'm really excited to share this uh, with you because we launched it this week, actually. So um, the agenda, we're going to go over what, a, little, a little bit of an overview of what Amplify is. And then we're going to jump into predictions, which is a newer category on the JavaScript side. And we also launched AWS Amplify for iOS and Android native SDKs um, the other day. And then we're going to kind of focus more on demos after that and get into some code. We're also going to do some live Q&A, so feel free to ask questions. Um, we definitely will have tons of time for questions and answers in this session. So there's a couple of related sessions. I think most of these have passed at this point. Yeah, I think they're all over. <laughs> so uh, maybe you got to see them, but mostly around AI and ML. They're online, though, and available and recorded if you uh, want more with machine learning and mobile. So what is Amplify? Is, uh, has everybody, how many people have heard of Amplify here? A decent amount. OK, it's a good amount. Nice. So uh, Amplify is a, a front-end uh, framework for building mobile and web applications. It is uh, use case based and provides a declarative uh, programming model for building front end applications. It consists of a command line tool. Uh, we also launched a console for CI CD workflows and hosting. Uh, the libraries support iOS, Android, JavaScript, and also uh, JavaScript frameworks like React, Angular with UI components built in. And they all adhere to a categorical structure. So instead of uh, calling methods on um, REST APIs that are directly tied to service services, you call um, categories that are use case based. So like analytics and predictions, and uh, we have an XR category for AR, VR workflows, auth, etc. So it kind of consolidates things. It does uh, cascading service interactions for calling various services, for doing things like authentication with SRP and signing in and signing up and also provides uh, out-of-the-box UI components as well. So for authentication flows, you could plug in with one line of code and get, get a whole auth uh, flow with sign-in, sign-up, registration, MFA, things like that. Uh, the CLI also is a powerful tool chain to deploy your backends, serverless backends, and it adheres to the same categorical structure. So you could do uh, a command like add auth uh, choose a default implementation and get an entire backend with authentication flows. There's an example of that. And uh, so another example for the declarative syntax there, you can do sign up, which um, depending on what you chose with the CLI there, would uh, let you sign up with username, a phone number, um, or an email address, and you could do custom attributes. So most of the categories adhere to this type of declarative syntax and use configuration for default values that are provided via the CLI or the console if you deploy it uh, via source management, like GitHub or something like that. Um, and also on the left, you see there is the, um, or on the right, <laughs> is the command, the command line tool status method, which kind of shows you everything and if you see on the, on the end there, it says provider plugin. That's another kind of big part of Amplify is it's pluggable and extendable and open source. So if um, we build AWS implementations and things like Amazon Cognito with authentication and pin, Amazon Pinpoint for analytics, but 
the, the categories are pluggable. So you can plug in your own functionality adhering to an interface that we provide in an API so that if you wanted to use something else, like perhaps Amazon Kinesis for analytics, you could do that. Or write your own provider and do something while utilizing the authorization from auth coming from something like Amazon Cognito or something like that. So it's uh, pretty powerful from that perspective. And then another thing we launched we're really excited about is, is uh, Amplified Data Store. So Data Store is a multi-platform on-device persistent storage. So for web, it uses IndexedDB. On iOS and Android, it's going to use the SQLite um, for storing persistent data and providing a, a persistent layer while doing synchronization to the cloud using AWS AppSync and GraphQL layer. So it's pretty powerful cross-platform built into the libraries. You can get started using it with a few lines of code and have persistent storage um, across and synchronization to the cloud. And if you're an app developer and you've tried to keep you know, data in sync with your local uh, device as well as the cloud, you know how difficult this is and how many bugs can result of this. So I think this is an extremely powerful and awesome launch. So these are the categories that we have in Amplify. So there's not full parity between iOS and Android. We just launched these. And we launched iOS and Android with API, data store, storage, and analytics, and predictions for iOS. Um, with will be coming to feature parity with JavaScript soon. Um, JavaScript supports other categories like PubSub for a simple publish and subscribe method that uses MQTT over WebSockets, so you can do um, PubSub um, stuff. And then interactions is a using Amazon Lex for chatbots, so you can easily create chat UIs and um, talk to bots and set up your own bots that way. XR is ARVR with Amazon Sumerian, and then Auth is going to use Amazon Cognito in the background. Um, and again, majority of these are pluggable. Auth is currently not pluggable because Auth tends to be a little more complex, uh, but we are working on that. Um, and Predictions is using uh, the AWS AI and ML services that we're going to go over. Okay, so what is Amplify Predictions? Well, the predictions category um, allows you to incorporate machine learning use cases into your devices or your web apps uh, with no machine learning experience required. So you can do things like speech-to-text, text-to-speech, translating, um, detect text, detect entities, uh, detect labels, all kinds of things, sentiment analysis, the list goes on. And obviously the thing I love about it is that there's no machine learning experience required. So specifically for iOS, <clears throat> this is what we've launched this week. iOS takes advantage of our pre-trained models. Those are going to be like recognition, comprehend, poly, transcribe, as well as core ML models. And then you can also bring custom models uh, using the SDK. So you're probably wondering, well, how does that work? How are you taking advantage of Core ML models and pre-trained models? Because if you're familiar with Core ML, you know that Core ML has some of the exact same use cases as our pre-trained models do. <clears throat> well, how it works is we, if your device is online, uh, we actually call both models that are for that specific use case, and we actually union the results to get you the most accurate results as well as we find the symmetric difference and add them. So you get the largest data set and the highest accuracy. So in this example, uh, if we were calling detect labels, you know, CoreML returned labels A, B, and C. 
and the pre-trained models returned A, D, and E. So for label A, we would compare confidence scores, and if QRML was higher, which it is in this case, then we would return you label A with QRML's confidence score, and then you would get B, C, D, and E. Um, you're getting all of the results, that the largest possible set that there is. <clears throat> so it's also seamlessly switching between online and offline, depending on where the device is. So it's defaulting to a, setting, a network setting called auto, and if you have it on auto and your device is offline, say in the middle of the subway and you're trying to detect labels, um, it will only call those QRML models that are available offline for you. And then if it's online, it would do that unioning of the results. So how do I actually use it? Well, you might take advantage of the CLI tool to actually create the IAM roles for you in AWS um, so that you can use the resources with your Cognito user pool. So you say amplify ad predictions, and then you can select from one of the categories below. Uh, so these, these are subcategories of predictions, and they are adequately named to the use case that I'm trying to do. So let's say I selected identify. And then it's going to ask me, what would you like to identify? I'm like, I want to identify labels. And then you continue to walk through this opinionated workflow that the CLI will offer you, um, asking really like user-friendly questions, in my opinion. So you don't even have to have the innate understanding of how the services behind Identify are actually working, uh, which in this case would be recognition or uh, text And then <clears throat> at the end, you can do something like Amplify Push to actually create those resources in the cloud. So Amplify is going to go ahead and create a cloud formation template specifically of IAM roles attaching to your Cognito user pool and push that to CloudFormation. CloudFormation will provision those resources for you and then you can take advantage of them in your code. And how do you do that? You do that with the second piece of Amplify, which are the libraries. Uh, so this is an example of how to use the library in code for JavaScript. Um, I think I stole this from one of my React apps. Um, but you can see it's just predictions.identify and then you pass in the labels through a file. So maybe that's an image and then you're identifying type labels. Uh, identify labels offers labels and then all, which includes moderation. So if there was unsafe content, it would detect that for you, um, as well as just moderation. So if you only want the unsafe labels, uh, you can get those back as well. And then you would get back the labels for each thing, as well as the bounding boxes that you can display on the image. So this is gonna be brand new. Uh, this is gonna be the same code in Swift. Uh, so you know we are taking advantage of a lot of the native functionality of Swift. We have a switch statement there, and then the type there where you see is actually an enum, and you can pass in an enum where you can pass in dot .moderation or dot .all to take advantage of the same feature that I just mentioned. Let's see it in code. Okay, so. Okay, so this is an app that I built uh, just to demonstrate the use cases. So you can see the names of the subcategories here um, on the tab view. So you have interpret, identify, convert. Uh, so interpret is generally going to do things like natural language processing. So, you know, breakdown of syntax, key phrases, sentiment analysis, language analysis, things like that. So we can say something like, And then what I'm displaying here is actually, the result is a, a lot larger, um, but obviously I couldn't fit it all on the screen, so I'm, I'm giving you back the sentiment, which apparently is negative. I don't know why. Um, 
let's comprehend for you. Uh, you know, it is machine learning. It can't, it's not 100% accurate, as no model is. Uh, and then it's going to break down. Here I have the syntax broken down for you, and then the part of speech as well. We do something more fun, like identify. So we'll do like labels. This is like a picture with like a bunch of like streaming equipment actually in it. And then, you know, we have the label. So this is a unioned result um, as I am online. I can easily set in my options here. So when you, uh, when you call .identify, right, I'm calling detect labels and I'm passing in just labels. As I said, I can do moderation or all. But if I just do labels, I can actually just instantiate this options object and not pass in anything and just let it be how it is. And it's going to default to a network policy of auto, which is that seamless online offline switching for me. Um, if I want to just do offline, I can do that. And I can rebuild it. And you can see what CoreML returns for that image. Now, obviously, these models are slightly better with some images and slightly worse for others. It's really interesting to play around with it because in some cases, CoreML you know, beats recognition. And in the other cases, recognition beats CoreML. So it's nice when the device is online and you get the entire result. So this is Quarmel's response, uh, but that was completely offline. So uh, let's do something else. Let's go back. Let's do like a celebrity. Nice, correctly identified. Um, you can also do fun things like detect text. and uh, display the bounding boxes for your users. So it's finding all the text. So this is, again, a unioned result uh, because I'm online. Um, convert. So you can do things like text-to-speech. Hi, everyone. I hope you are did you, enjoying Did you hear it? Because I can't hear it. Yeah? OK. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the headphones on. Uh, you can translate it. I, I guess I selected Hebrew. Uh, so if you look at some of the code here at these calls, detect celebrities, you know, I'm, I'm merely changing. The call from detect labels only changed with the type that I'm passing in. Same thing for entities. And then text. Uh, Text, there's a couple options here. You can identify plain text. You can identify forms or tables. So if you have like a PDF uh, as well, you can pass that in. And then that's basically it. So all the other views look pretty similar. The code generally, it's, you can follow along. Once you've written one, you can write them all. So here, I'm not passing in anything to this options object, just the object itself. And then to see something like this in Ionic, yeah, so Pass it over to you. The, uh, one thing you'll kind of notice is that uh, most of the interfaces look very similar with um, platform-specific implementations. So on the Swift one and the JavaScript one, you'll still basically see the same method names, the same API names, et cetera. Um, but we'll use um, kind of standards underneath the co covers, like observables and promises on JavaScript and then in Swift um, similarly. So 
this is uh, this is actually Angular. It is an Ionic app, which is is currently using um, Angular in this example. Um, so you could see the importing of the library here. And uh, one thing to note is with web apps, sometimes you're going to want a smaller bundle size. So if you were to import this a uh, bit differently, like you might see um, online, you would see just AWS-Amplify. And that would import the entire library, all the categories, all the methods, just kind of give you everything. Um, which also means your ultimate, um, ultimate compiled bundle for JavaScript may be a little large. Um, if you import this way using the namespace modules, you're just going to get these pieces. So there's different dependencies that may be involved, but in general, you're going to get the least amount and only what you ask for this way using the namespace modules. So in this example, I'm just importing the core, which will give me things like hub, which is an event dispatcher. There's some, some smaller utilities in Amplify, minus those categories we talked about, um, and they're part of core, and one of them is called hub which is a simple kind of pub-sub, local pub-sub mechanism that will let you dispatch me messages between your application components. So you can pull those in from the core library. I'm importing auth, and then I'm importing predictions. And then this is part of the pluggable piece of things. So the, this is a plugin that we wrote, a provider plugin it's called, which is providing um, AI um, AWS services um, underneath the covers. And if you looked at this file in the library, you'd see it basically has a pretty basic interface that provides those methods like interpret, um, convert, et cetera. So technically, you could write your own plugin, um, you know, write to that interface and provide your own examples, kind of like the CoreML example, which will use CoreML or the AWS services. Um, so this is kind of how you do that in JavaScript is you import the, the every category is going to give you a provider that you can use. You could just say import predictions and just use it by default um, using the AWS ones. And then you configure things. This is uh, the AWS exports file that the, that the CLI created for me. So when I did like add predictions, it generated all the configuration that my app needs, which includes things like the region, the Cognito identity pool ID, um, the, you know, all around the identification of the user. Um, and then you see the predictions block here, which has all the, uh, it'll have things like ARNs and different configuration values. And the, it's kind of a thing with Amplify is it uses configuration um, initially to kind of configure everything and provide good defaults for you. And then you can override them if you want. So, Same thing in Swift. So you can see configuring both of these separately because I'm using the modules, which will ultimately give me the smaller bundle size, which is pretty important for a PWA. So I'm serving it, if you're serving it off the edge. And you could see um, some of the hub stuff that I was talking about. So this hub um, class, there's a utility class provided by the core, um, gives you the ability to do things like this, like listen for events being dispatched in your app. Pretty simple, promise-based um, kind of interface. And then you could dispatch events. So in Ionic, things are kind of wired up for you a little magically for PWAs, and that will let you compile to like Android, iOS, et cetera. Um, so in this case, it's using these pages, which are totally separate Angular modules. So it uses some dynamic loading, which ultimately also helps with the bundle size and the serving. Um, so dispatching these events allows me to dispatch events in certain pages and have other pages that are completely separate listen to those events and get some context, you know, whatever, however you want to wire it up. In this case, it's using just some settings, like turn things on or off sort of thing. So this is what it looks like. 
if you were to pull this up on your on a phone, it would uh, give you the ability to add it to home screen. It has a service worker. It'll work offline. It'll give you a little icon on the home screen as well. So it works and looks like a native app. Um, not really much of anything Amplify is providing there. That's just kind of web standard stuff. And Ionic does a decent job of kind of wiring all that up for you as far as a service worker goes. So similar functionality in this one. There's um, translate from a photo. Let me try to change this. So this is where you saw that hub stuff where each one of these is a page and a navigation controller. So I have these defaults, which were provided by my configuration file, that AWS exports file that the CLI generated. Um, but it, you can change them. So I'll change it from English to something else. Let's do German. And German. Then, yeah. And there's a photo, hopefully, nearby in here. <laughs> Maybe. Is there anything with text in here? Uh, yeah, detect text. Text there. So you'll ultimately see a kind of a similar view as as the iOS one. It just kind of draws the bounding boxes around everything there in the one view, um, and then it translates it um, here, and then you could speak it um, Life. You know, in the language as well. So I think what's cool is also he's chaining calls here, right? So he's chaining multiple calls here. He's chaining detecting text as well as translate. So he gets the text back, and then he sends it to translate. Yeah. Yeah, so you could kind of see the similar um, to the Swift view, predictions.identify, and is reading a file. So when you click that, this will also use the native device camera if you're on a phone via the PWA. It'll let you take a picture. Um, not really anything besides just using default web stuff there. Um, then it sends a photo, um, gets the result here. Um, does a little bit of magic here to draw the bounding boxes and color them and stuff like that. But ultimately, it will then run the translate as well. I think a key point here about the bounding boxes that come back too, if, if, you, if you're not familiar with using like uh, pre-trained models like this, the bounding boxes actually come back as ratios so that you can display them on any size image that you're looking for. So you basically take the ratios of the x, y, width, and height, and then you multiply them by the width and height of the image that you're looking to display it on. And you have to do that no matter if it's coming back from CoreML, an AWS pre-trained model, or any other pre-trained model available. It's generally the same, the same process. I just wanted to point it out because I feel like sometimes I see uh, trip-ups. So let's... Uh do the celebrity identification again. So that's gonna, uh, it's gonna identify the face here. And I did have celebrity detection enabled if I disable that. Um, now you just want like a regular face? Yeah. Big Bird? Uh, I don't think Big Bird, that's a GIF. <laughs> Is that you? Try that yeah. one. Yeah. Oh, cool. So this should just identify the faces directly. So found a couple of faces, and this is just showing the confidence level with a little progress bar there. Same thing with the bounding boxes on face. Yep. And how about uh, labels? Let's see, where was that? Uh, go down to S. S. Stream kit. That's like a bunch of stuff. 
So another thing with PWAs in general and something Ionic does is this is looking like a, a material design app. If you were to load this on iOS, the UI would kind of magically change and it would look like an iOS app. Um, so you could see it kind of it identified this stuff. It drew some bounding boxes. It kind of color-coded them for um, and displayed the confidence level in the progress bars there. That's about it for this. So we have, we have a similar version in React Native as well. In addition to uh, a couple things in general is um, Amplify is doing a lot of abstraction, you know, in general. So it is using some native SDKs under the covers and making AWS calls, but it's, it, it is an opinionated framework. So it's going to do a lot of things by default, which generally is going to be about the 80% use case. If you want to do something more than that, you can. You can use something called an escape hatch, which is provided by all the libraries, and is going to let you drill down and basically hit the low-level SDK, which is going to provide every single interface that's available as an AWS service. So if you were using predictions, but you wanted to call some other service method on recognition or something, you could use the escape hatch. You'll still be authenticated and authorized. And then it's going to allow you to call any of those methods on the SDKs directly. So it's doing that to bake in best practices as well for you automatically. It's generally the same use cases for this one. It's just in React Native. Um, and I think we should show that escape hatch that you're talking about so they can see what it actually looks like. It's in our docs now. Oh, I think it's just on the repo, actually. Which went live on Tuesday. So it looks like this right here. So for predictions, obviously there are multiple services behind predictions. Uh, so you just pass in the specific service you're looking for. For some of the other categories where there might be like one service behind it, um, you would just say get escape hatch. And then you can make a call to recognition. So in this case, I got recognition, passed in an enum for the service I wanted, and then I can call whatever feature that is not provided by the category. So if there's a feature of an API or of a service that the category didn't provide, you can always use the escape hatch for that. And it's going to use all the authentication and authorization as well. So if you had set up auth and you had, say, we're using Cognito user pools or something else or to authenticate your app with uh, OpenID or, or whatever you're doing, it's going to ultimately provide you back AWS access and secret keys that are temporary provided by Amazon Cognito. And when you use the escape hatch, it's going to use those keys, those session keys. It's going to automatically refresh them for you um, based on the length if it needs to in the background. You could, provide, you could provide your own callback to refresh the keys if you wanted to. So it's, it's going to provide you that default opinionated abstraction for building an app and then give you these escape hatches while using, giving you the authentication authorization pieces, which is pretty powerful because generally that's a lot of wiring up you have to do. So it was one of the first use cases that we kind of tackled with Amplify JavaScript a couple years ago. Um, and it gives you a lot of power as far as authorization goes, especially. So last time we got a lot of questions about some of the stuff that we showed, so we want to leave enough time to answer all of them. Um, do you want to take questions now? Yeah. Uh, 
Wait, wait one second. He's got to get you the mic. We can hear you, though. Uh, with the predictions, though, it's an infer capability. What, what is that? So infer would be like if you're calling a custom model like through, uh, through SageMaker. So let's say you created your own custom model um, inside SageMaker, and then you'd like to call it using uh, Amplify. That would be how that. Uh, right now, we are still working on support for that for iOS and Android. Um, and I think JS is somewhat, but not, not complete yet. But it's, you can always use the SDK. So you can use the SageMaker Runtime SDK uh, to directly call that. Our library also is completely open source. So you can, at any point in time, we work off of GitHub, go check any of the features that we're working on, any of the requests, upvote things. Um, you can directly see like what our roadmap is in our GitHub. Do you guys have any plans for Flutter? I'll let you speak to that. <laughs> yeah, we. I mean, it's one of the big, bigger requested features and something we're, we're looking at trying to support. So, so there's Flutter and then there's Dart. So we'd have to do like a Dart SDK and then the higher level Flutter piece of it. But it is something we're looking at. It's a, it is a highly requested feature. And there is a GitHub issue on that that you could go plus one it. Yeah, go upvote. Well. Anyone else? Questions? Comments? Concerns? This one right here. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the difference um, in functionality between Amplify and Personalize? Because it seems like there could be crossover there. For So Personalize, Amazon Personalize is a service that can be used with Amplify Analytics. So what I was talking about earlier with the pluggable nature of it. So ana Analytics category has a few different providers. So like you saw in there where I imported the provider, the Amazon AI provider plugin, for predictions, you could do a similar thing with analytics and import an Amazon personalized provider as well. Um, it's actually something that that service team built themselves, which is something we're trying to do more of with service teams so they can build these plugins themselves internally, makes things a little more scalable. But in, uh, in general, the analytics category is where that falls into, and it's gonna provide that same interface, so like record event, basically, um, and it has the, Personalized one, uh, analytics in general has a couple interesting things. Is it has an auto track feature, which will automatically track like page views for you if you just enable it. Uh, the personalized one has some cool stuff with video that does some auto tracking in that as well. But you would just use the Amplify Analytics category with the personalized uh, provider plugin. Anyone else? Well, we'd love to hear like what you guys want to see next from Amplify or from predictions. Um, I'm all ears. I will be uh, storming full speed ahead in the beginning of the new year with building more stuff for predictions on iOS. So please open GitHub issues, DM me directly. Uh, we'll throw our information back up here. And the demos are also open source, so the links are up there. You can clone those on GitHub, the Ionic one, the React Native one, and the iOS one. Please feel free to contact us, though, and let us know what, what you'd like to see next. Uh, I'm definitely curious to, I have ideas, of course, but if there's specific requests, I will definitely listen. <laughs>